What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast. Now, this is episode number 40. Uh, make sure you click subscribe so you can stay up to date because I release a new episode every couple of weeks. And um, if you want to follow me over on Instagram, then my handle is at Luke underscore page. Now, this episode is uh, how to get through a phase where nothing seems to be working. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Yo, what's up? I am back. This is the first podcast I've um, recorded in about a month and uh, I'm currently recording this from a room that has a little bit of echo. I don't think you'd be able to hear it, but um, I've, what I've actually done is I've popped some, I've got some pillows in front of me. I've got a green pillow, a pink pillow, then I've got this, I don't know, I'll call it, let's call it, let's call it beige. I think it was ultimately cream but it's maybe discolored slightly over time let's call it like a light beige now and it's got like a little frill edge so i've got these pillows in front of me um, which helps cut down the echo if you're not aware of that if you're in a room and you have to film a podcast or film something or record something you can um, pop some pillows in front of you and ideally behind you and what that'll do it'll try it'll help absorb the sound so it then doesn't get out and start bouncing around the walls and the floor um so that's a little tip i actually um growing up i was uh i was really into my music um you know probably from the age of oh i would say like 14 to maybe mid 20s like just music was my life type thing and I started with the guitar and played in a couple of bands. And going deeper into the guitar, you start teaching yourself how to play most instruments. Once you once you understand music and you can read music and you understand how it all works, you can basically teach yourself to play a lot of instruments. So um, you know, I taught myself to play a bit of piano. I was never amazing at piano, but just a just a I used to I used to have a piano and I used to love improvising. I I didn't really have uh set songs that i knew but the great thing and easy thing about a piano is that and with any instrument basically is that once you know scales you can basically play a song off like you just you just jump on on an instrument and play a song out of nowhere which is what we call improvisation um so uh yeah i did this um in school i actually did a uh studied something called vet music which kind of teaches you, it's not necessarily teaching you how to play an instrument, but it's teaching you all the things that surround being in a band and playing an instrument. So, for example, they teach you about sound, um, how to work with different sounds. And um, say, for example, if you're trying to use an equalizer with sound, like lows, mids, highs, and understanding sound waves. And one of the things what you learned, I remember, was, um, was echoing. It's a big thing and how to help cut down echo in a room, especially when you're recording something. And the use of curtains is really good, uh, pillows, blankets, everything like that. So that's a bit of an insight into why I've got pillows in front of me right now. So if, yeah, you're, if you're recording something, get some pillows, chuck them in front of you, and you'll notice a difference. 
Um, so yeah, it's been like a um, what's it been like a month since I've recorded a podcast. We've actually been away, Courtney and I, um, and Sunny. We've gone. Uh, we live in the southeastern end of Australia, and we have. Um, it's it was March when we went away, and it starts getting cold in March. It's quite inconsistent in March. February's the last month of summer for us. March heads into uh, what's that? What's March? I've gone completely blank with my seasons. There's summer, there's spring, there's autumn. That's what it is. So March is autumn. Um, so it's it's quite infrequent, inconsistent. You generally get hot days, but then you get cold days. And March can be quite wet, like rainy. It's, I wouldn't say it's rainy season, but it can rain a little bit more. Um, so what we did is we um, we went away for two weeks. We went up north to, I guess, you could say chase the sun. Um, but we went up to Courtney's hometown in Sydney and we stayed. Um, you may have heard at Bondi Beach, depending where you're from around the world. Uh, if you're from Australia, you definitely know it. If you're from overseas, maybe you've seen the TV show. I know they've got, um, I know Bondi, it's called Bondi Rescue. Um, I know they had that over in the USA. I played, they play it and maybe in England. So if you haven't heard of Bondi Rescue, Bondi Beach is a really famous beach in Australia. If you come to Australia and you case if you go to Sydney, it's like one of the like this it's just a place that you go. It's a tourist stop. It's a very busy, beautiful beach. Um, and they a lot of TV shows are filmed in Bondi. Um, a lot of like celebrities live in Bondi. And Bondi Rescue is basically this TV series about um, uh, the lifeguards just showing it's it's like a, it's it's reality, but it's not bullshit reality. It's actually legit. I'm sure there's a little bit of drama in there, of course, but it's it's just following the lifeguards because it's such a busy beach, and a lot of tourists come to Australia and Bondi Beach, and they swim in the water, and they're not used. If you're a tourist and you're from a different country, a lot of people aren't used to the strength of the waves and the rips in Australia. So they come to this famous beach and then they swim in the water and then the waves take them out to sea and then they have uh, some of them um, have complications with swimming. Yeah, so the, the the lifeguards are always on alert and out there saving them. So there and there's always just stuff going on. Like really interesting people go down to Bondi. There's always something going on. So they've made a TV show out of it. So anyway, that's where we went. I went there and stayed there. <clears throat> excuse there for a week. And then we went further north. So we from from where we live, down in southeast Australia, we uh, drove. It's about ten hours uh, north to Bondi Beach. And then um, Courtney's fan. Courtney actually is originally from Sydney. She moved to Melbourne with me about seven years ago, I think. So um, her family's all there, family and original uh, friends from home. So we go out and we see them every single day. Um, and then from there, after about a week in Bondi, we went up to Byron Bay, which is uh, another a roughly 10-hour drive or 10-hour travel up further north, which is just on the just below the border of Queensland. And um, yeah, that's where Courtney and I got married. Um, Byron Bay is a place that we go usually a couple of times a year. Uh, we love it. It's almost like our second home in a way. Uh, I don't know if we'd ever live there. We love how it is if the only thing keeping us from not moving there is friends and family. Um, the way it's, the way the town is and just like how 
how beautiful it is. We just love the feel of it. You know, it's warmer. If our friends and family lived around there, we'd be there in a heartbeat. Or if that same type of feel was down in Melbourne where we lived, we would move to that suburb straight away. But um, yeah, the thing keeping us in Melbourne is friends and family. And as we get older, Courtney and I, we get more and more sick of the cold, especially in Melbourne winter is quite cold. It gets to, um, it gets down to like, you know, single digits. And this is, this is Celsius. Yeah. Not Fahrenheit if you're from America. So, you know, it gets down to like, you know, two, three, five, and then during the day it's, you know, seven, eight, nine. Uh, I think in Fahrenheit that would be like in 20s and 30s thereabouts. So it's cold. Um, and yeah, as we get older, we get sick of it. So Byron Bay is warm. It's a nice place. And it's like throughout the year, it's fairly warm. Even the winter, you get warm days. So um, yeah, we went up there and it was like, um, the funny thing was is that, <laughs> well, not exactly funny, but just ironic. We'll call it ironic. The ironic thing was is that it was... Um, it was raining up there and there was floods and the pit like the, the where we were between say bondi and byron in there and in between was intense rain and really like bad floods and i'm talking to the point where it's like some certain certain areas the worst floods in history worst floods in 100 years and these are like flood-ridden towns as well like there was even on the news someone's house was floating down the like the stream and the floods that's how bad it was like a lot of damage um a lot of rain some places were getting um a thousand mils overnight in one day um i think possibly some i'm pretty sure i heard one town get a thousand mils in like an hour something something ridiculous but it was just non-stop raining and out of the 15 days that we're away we only had three days sunshine all the rest was rain and it wasn't just normal rain; it was non-stop hard rain. So we we're basically like, we we're basically stuck in our place. And if we weren't inside in our Airbnb, we were like, you know, running around trying to get out of the rain in jumpers, that type of thing. Uh, so it wasn't the most fortunate holiday and, and luck when it comes to the rain. But look, our last couple of days were um, sunny, and we got heaps out of it there. And um. You know, I was actually, because I, I always take my surfboard, surf, surfboard up on these trips and the places that we go, there's always surf around. So Bondi, you can surf there and then Byron Bay's got plenty of spots. Um, and I was surfing throughout this trip and I did not have like one good surf. Because I, I, normally what I do when I'm back home, I surf for maybe once a week. Um, but when I go on these trips, I get to, I basically get to surf every day. I might have a day off here and there, but it's like, you know, surfing every single day so what i like about these trips here is that it's a really awesome opportunity for me to really progress my skills because i want to get better at surfing but when i only surf once a day uh, sorry once a week my progress is really slow yeah but if i surfed every single day or surfed every second day i would get probably as good you know, I'd get really good really quickly. Um, that stuff, that's one of the biggest things hold me back is I don't, I live an hour and a bit away from the coast and I only surf basically once a week. So I want to get better at surfing, but my growth is slow because I'm not doing it frequently enough. So every 90 days when we take our break and we go on a trip, it's an opportunity for me to be able to surf most days. So I usually have really good surfing sessions and I have a really big period of growth. 
Um, so that's what I was expecting on these trips, yeah. And I was I was out there surfing, and the conditions were really bad in Bondi. It was almost like non-surfable. Yeah, the first day I went out, nice and clean, but tiny waves. And in Bondi Beach, very very busy beach. And even though I got out and got out there at six thirty in the morning, there was still probably thirty people trying to you know fight for a tiny little one foot wave. Which one foot? We'll just call it. We'll just call it knee height wave. Yeah, it was it was, it was small. Um, and then from there, it was like the rest of the conditions when we were in Bondi Beach. It was like because the like the crazy storms were coming in, the wind was the wrong direction, and it was very, very messy conditions. So when we went up to Byron Bay, uh, there's more options up there and different directions that you can um, sit, depending on whether the what, what side the wind, what direction the wind's blowing. But still, it was like really, really messy. Because of all the floods up there, all the, all the actual ocean was really dirty. Like it's normally turquoise water there. And it was brown because all the waters were coming out of the drain and the sewers and everything like, oh, I don't know about the sewers, but the drain going into the ocean and it was like brown water. So it was like really disgusting. It was really dirty water. Um, the, the conditions of the ocean was really like just severe and crazy. So I didn't get a really good surf up there. But look, they're saying that is I do like to take responsibility. Yeah, I'm always talking about taking responsibility. So I, even though sometimes when I don't surf well, I do like to blame things a little bit. I do like to also go, okay, Luke, how are you responsible? And I always do. There's always, no matter what happens with my surfs, yeah, I always have opportunities. That's what I always look at. Yeah, there's things like, there's external factors that are kind of coming to play. Did I have the right board for the day? Was it really busy? Were the conditions the best or not? And maybe it's not the case. However, there's always some sort of opportunity in there where I can turn around and look at myself and go, how did I perform in the opportunity? And the opportunities that I had on this uh, trip, I didn't take them. Yeah. And I didn't perform well in those. So look, this podcast is not about um, talking about <laughs> my trip. Well, it kind of is. Give me a little bit of backstory here. Yeah. So the thing with um, my with my surfing is that I haven't like um, I, I when I was up in in Byron Bay, I was starting to get frustrated because I just hadn't had like a breakthrough. I was almost like a, at a a plateau. Yeah, like I wasn't getting any better. And even though I was surfing heaps, I wasn't getting better. Um, and even a couple of weeks leading up into the trip, I had a few surfs and just really didn't feel good on it, on my board. I was kind of, you know, taking off, dropping into the wave and just not sticking things. And, you know, I'd ride across my wave and the, my foot placement was slightly off. And I just felt nothing was really working and nothing was feeling great. Sometimes, like I'd catch waves, but I'd come off the end of it and I'd be like, that just didn't feel good. Yeah, there's some days where you you feel like you're stuck to your board, you're fully in control, you run. And then there's other days where you just, no matter what you do, your feet are out their way, you fall off or you land it, but you're just unco and you're all over the place. Um, so I had been, I'd, leading up to the trip, yeah, few surfs, not feeling amazing, on this trip now, surfing most days, yeah, and no matter what I did, I was just like, just not having good sessions, and I'd finish the session, I'm like, oh, I hardly caught any waves, or the waves that I did catch were not good, I wasn't happy with them, um, and it came down to like the last day that we were in Byron Bay, and the conditions were nice, clean waves, for the first time, surfable waves, 
and they were nice clean conditions. The the um, the water from the drainage and the floods had kind of cleared because it had been a couple of days, so the water was coming back clear again. I remember walking down to the beach, and Courtney and um, Courtney brought Sunny. Courtney, Courtney and Sunny and I walked down the beach, and we had um, we had this umbrella, and we walked down. And as we're coming out of the pathway, there's like you got to walk through like kind of the, the the bush a little bit, and then it opens up to the beach. As we're walking down the beach, I looked out to the ocean, and it's like nice clear water, and this wave is coming towards uh, the shoreline. hadn't broken yet. And then there's like these, I can see like a form of probably, I don't know, like these maybe 10 or so gray little balls coming towards the face of the wave. And then out jumped three dolphins. So, and like they were just surfing the waves. Now in Byron Bay, dolphins are like a really common thing. It's like half the time that you surf, you're surfing and there's dolphins beside you. Um so I'm like, I was really excited. I'm like, oh, the ways are finally good, nice and clean. It's not busy out there. And I'm like, I'm going to have an awesome session. I paddled out and it was uh, it was pretty crazy because as I paddled out, the um, a, a wave was coming towards me and the dolphins were sw- like surfing the waves. Sometimes they surf the waves for fun. Sometimes they chase fish. Um, that's my assumptions anyway. So dolphins are very smart, smart mammals. Um, so yeah, they, I was paddling towards the wave and there was dolphins surfing it, and they were coming straight for me. And there's probably about six of them in like a little group or a pod coming straight for me. And I'm like, they're gonna hit me. And then I, I at the last second, I like like turned out the way to duck dive under the water, and I just missed like the one of the dolphins on the side just missed me. And I'm talking, this is no word of a lie. I'm talking like 10, 15 centimeters. It missed me by, and they were flying through the wave. I don't know how fast they were going, um, but it was it was close. And I I was that close to them that I literally saw one of them. Like there was a baby in the little pod. The baby had like I don't know like a pigmentation, like a pink pigmentation on its nose, or maybe it had hit a rock or been bitten or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was cool. And then I was just like sitting at the back waiting for the next sets to come and like the, the dolphins are all hanging out there. I love that. I love animals and um, being able to swim with dolphins is a really awesome feeling. One thing about Byron Bay which really scares me is that it's known for a lot of sharks around there. Where I live down in Melbourne, in Victoria, we don't get a whole... We do get sharks in the water, but it's not like known for sharks. Up in Byron Bay where the water's like warmer... Um, they're not like there. There's there's sharks. A lot of sharks around there. Um, there's shark attacks over the years. Obviously, people have died, and like great white sharks. Yeah. So that's always on my mind. And the issue with when we go up to Byron Bay is I'm surfing by myself, and it makes it even worse. When I surf by myself, I'm always thinking about sharks. When I'm with someone, I'm generally a lot better. Or if I'm with a mate. So anyway, I'm hanging at the back and I'm kind of like freaking out a little bit because I'm like, oh, gee, you know, this is the sharks around here, shark, shark, sharks. But I'm like, all right, now's my chance to really have a good surfing session. There's dolphins there. All right, let's enjoy this thing. By the way, I used to think this is a, this is what I used to think until I recently watched something <laughs> from this guy that releases these drone, um, these drone videos on Facebook. So I used to think that, okay, if there's dolphins around, that means there's no sharks around. But uh, this guy, 
that basically flies a drone over a particular area somewhere in New South Wales in Australia. And he shows like the beaches and he shows like from drone footage wildlife in the water and things in the water. And um, he was saying about, hey, there's a bit of a myth that a lot of people think that if there's dolphins around, there's no sharks. And he goes, take a look at this. I've got so many videos of dolphins and sharks literally being next to each other. And he's like, it was amazing to watch because it was like obviously a drone bird's eye view at the top. And there was this one video that he showed like a pod of dolphins. There would have been like 20, 30 of them. And they were like swimming across down along the shore and they slowly, they, they slowly slow down and then he pans over to the right and there's like a great white coming towards them. And the great white shark is swimming towards them. They're probably about 50 meters apart. And then the great white slowly slows down and basically comes to a stop. And all the dolphins were just standing there. It's like a, it, was like a, it was like a standoff, yeah? So there's like 40 dolphins standing there. They're basically stopped, yeah? Looking at this great white, which is now probably about 20, 25 meters away from him, the great white has stopped. It's like looked at them and then it's just like turned around and started swimming the other way. And then the dolphins slowly kind of, it looks like they almost chase it out or push it out of the area. Um, so that was really cool to see. Um, but I guess the downside is it, it what I used to think when I saw dolphins in Byron Bay when I was surfing. I'm like, oh, well, it's dolphins here. means there's no sharks. So I'm all good. But that um, that myth has been put to bed. So now, even though the dolphins are sitting there, I'm like, well, doesn't mean there's not sharks around. So anyway, wave comes, yeah? Wave comes. I'm like, awesome, here we go. I'm paddling in for this thing. And I fall off it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's paddle back out. Another wave comes. And um, yeah, I, I go down the wave and I go across it. But it's just like not feeling good again. I'm not stuck on my board. My feet placement aren't amazing and just not feeling great yeah and this like continues basically going on for the rest of the session and i just even though the conditions were good today there were that time i didn't have a good session and i was just like i was just like what the hell's going on i'm 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 sticking at things i'm persisting at things but i'm not progressing and i was just becoming really frustrated yeah because i was doing the work i was showing up I was putting myself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, I was um, I was doing things that I hadn't done before and trying moves and techniques that I hadn't done before, but I still wasn't getting the the progress and the results that I was after. Now, why I'm sharing this story is that. You could be someone going through the exact same thing in your business right now. Maybe something else in your life, but let's just talk about the business. Where you're trying something over and over and over and over and over. You're pushing at things. You're really showing up week in, week out, but the results still aren't coming. Now, the funny thing was, was that even though that whenever I do these two-week breaks and have surf basically every day, and I normally like have awesome, awesome levels of breakthroughs on these trips. I didn't get it this time. When I got back to um, uh, Victoria, I had a surf the week after. And the surf turned out to be the best surf that I've had in my career. I've only been surfing for two years. But it was the best overall session that I had ever had. And I'm like, oh, finally, I finally got what I was after. 
I finally broke through on something that I had been persisting at for ages, for a long time, for a few months of me persisting and not having that breakthrough and that progress to the next level. I finally got it. And the thing is, is that that wouldn't have came if I had given up and gone, you know what, maybe I need a break from surfing for a while. It's not working. And this is what happens a lot of the time when it comes to our business, is that we try and we push at things and we and we show up and we try things and it doesn't work and we keep trying, doesn't work and keep trying. And then we get fed up and we get frustrated and we get pissed off that it's not working and then people stop and they take a break and they go, oh, this is not working. Now, for some people, they take like they just give up for maybe a few weeks and they go missing and they come back. But other coaches actually drop their whole business entirely. Yeah? They go, oh, this is not worth, I'm not meant to be a coach. Yeah, this is not working. Coaching's not for me. And they give up on their dream. So if you're listening to this, maybe you're thinking about giving up on your dream. Maybe there's been thoughts across your journey so far that you've thought about giving up your dream, but you haven't yet. Now, if, you, if you're listening to this, I'm going to make assumptions that you're not going to give up on your dream. But look, maybe you're on the edge right now, yeah? Maybe you're on the edge. I want to tell you that don't give up. Do not give up. Yeah, this is a part of the the actual journey. When we're going through these periods, what's happening is that it's really testing our character and it, it's, it's doing something for us which requires to get to the next level that you're wanting to get to. Think about this for a second is that you've got a goal to reach the next level. And the next level to you, I mean, what is the next level to you? There must be some goal in your business right now where you're like, okay, what would it, if I get to that level, that would be a breakthrough for me. What is that level for you? Is it making X amount? Is it, um, is it getting a certain amount of clients? Is it doing a certain event in your business? What's that thing where you're like, okay, if I have that, and it's like, yeah, that's a breakthrough. Yeah, I've had a breakthrough quarter, whatever it is. So think about that now, right? Now, if you're been showing up and you've been trying to make things work, right? Just like me with the surfing. And things aren't working. And it's almost like no matter what you try, it doesn't work. And maybe you've been like me and you've got through, you've gone through little times where you've started to point the finger a little bit, yeah? Maybe you've gone, oh, you know, gee, it's not, I didn't have the right board today or it's too busy or the conditions are no good or the conditions are shit or the waves are crap, right? Maybe you've done that at, at times. But when you point the finger, you don't learn anything, right? So turn those fingers around and look at yourself for a second. See, when we go through these periods of lulls, yeah, or plateaus, or we hit the the ceiling type thing, what's happening is that we want to break through and get to the next level. But in order to get to that next level, we first have to learn something. So you've got to ask yourself, what do you actually need to learn? What is the universe trying to teach you right now and what usually happens with the universe is that we are continually 
given a lesson in life. And until we actually learn it, we can't advance to the next level. A lesson will be delivered to us over and over and over and over until we actually get it. Yeah. So by you struggling at the moment or you going through a lull period or a plateau or just like nothing seems to be working no matter what, what do you feel the, the universe is trying to teach you? What would it be? Because once you start to get this lesson, and it could be a number of things. I don't know what it is for you. Yeah? I, I don't know what it is. It could be a number of things. Like it could be that um, you have to think differently. It could be that you are not taking responsibility. You're blaming things. You're blaming other people, other situations, the government, your family, social media, other coaches. Maybe you blame other people for the lack of your results, but the lesson is that you need to take hardcore responsibility moving forward and look at yourself and your only yourself that creates your universe, your, your reality, your destiny type thing. So what do you what lesson is being dealt to you right now as you go through this period of, of struggle? Yeah. Because when you can actually be aware of, okay, shit, this is like, this is a lesson I haven't been getting. When you can actually become aware of it, you can learn the lesson. And once you learn it, you can break through. So the thing with lull, this is the great thing about lulls and, and plateaus. And it sucks when you're going through it. Yeah, but I, 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 um, I guess with this recent, and this is the thing with the surfing, and I've gone through it before, but sometimes you forget it. I've gone through plateaus with my surfing before for a long period of time, and then I break through all of a sudden. But then when you go through that plateau and that lull again, sometimes you, when you're in the moment of it, you forget. You forget what's so close to the other side because this is the truth, and this is what I've learned through experience time and time again, and it's no different for me as it is for you. Breakthroughs come after lulls. Yeah? Breakthroughs come soon after plateaus. Breakthroughs come when you're just trying everything and nothing is working and happening. But it's not going to come if you give up. And this is the biggest thing is that a lot of the time when we're pushing and persisting at things, we're trying, 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 it's not working. What happens is that we either give up or we move on to something else. But if you just became aware of what is the lesson that I need to learn here so I can reach the next level and have awareness around that, that's where you can finally experience the breakthrough that you've been looking for. Yeah, so the thing with getting through these periods is you have to have patience. Like you've just got to, when you're building your business, you've got to have patience. It's not going to be like, just, you're not going to be linear growth, meaning it's just constantly, you know, we um, quarter after quarter, you know, you're doubling your sales, you're doubling your sales, you're doubling your sales, or you're increasing by 20% or 10% each quarter. That's not the way it works. You make money. 
Sometimes you make money again, sometimes you make money again, and you go backwards, you make less, you then you make more, you make less, and you make even more less, you make even more less. You make more, you go sideways, it's not linear, it's up, down, and sideways, backwards, forwards, everything like that. So you have to have patience in building this. That's what that's the game of building a business is patience. Patience is something that really took me a long time to learn. Such a long time to learn. Um, I used to, I remember when I was, um, when I was like growing up from, like in my 20s, I used to pride myself on being impatient. I was a super impatient person to the point where I just, my like listening to people was terrible because I was basically like, hey, I've got a goal here and an outcome that I need to achieve. And I'm just like, go, go, go type thing. If people are like talking to me, I'm just like, you're talking too slow or you're not being direct enough or you're wasting my time and I just need to move on to what I'm actually wanting, what I'm here to do. So my patience was like terrible with everything. I'll try something and if it didn't work first go or second go, I'll be like, nah, this ain't working. Move on to the next thing. And I had um, I, I had like multiple different little businesses kind of in my 20s, like ideas and getting them launched and everything like that. But the issue, because I was impatient, what happened, what I was great at was getting these things off the ground and getting them started. Because I was impatient, I took action. I was really quick at taking action. And I'd take massive action and get things going up and quick. But as soon as I hit some form of resistance, I didn't have the patience to get through the resistance. So I'd move on to something else. I have a new idea, which I'd start pursuing. So to get through all these periods, you go number one, you've got to have patience. Yeah. So just if you're not a patient person, go out there and learn the skill of patience. Now, how are you going to learn the skill of patience? Slowing yourself fucking down for starters. Yeah. If you don't meditate, if you don't take time to go out in nature, be by yourself and have solo time. Yeah. And actually be still. If you can't do that, go out there and teach yourself how to do it. Like, Go YouTube how to be patient. Like there's plenty of resources out there on learn how to be patient. But you got to practice this thing. Like it's, when it comes to being mindful and everything like that, it's not something that you clock off in just like one go. Yeah. It takes years and years and years and years and it's a never-ending journey. So just work on building patience. Now, con- like, con- uh, what's, the, what's the contradiction? Contradictory to patience would be speed. Just because you have patience. Sometimes when people are like, yeah, I'm super patient. But then they move at the pace of a snail. Yeah. So you want to have patience so you can see things out. But having speed and taking action also balances it out. Yeah. So having speed and taking action and not waiting and not holding back and not going, I need to study more. I need to know more. I'm not ready to do this. I'm going to, yeah, no, no, I'll do that next week. I'll do that next month. Yeah, yeah, it's not important. That type of attitude, You, you what will happen if you have that type of attitude is that your growth will be so slow that most likely it'll take so long to actually get to where you want to go that you'll just eventually go, oh, look, this is, you know, it's kind of slowly getting there, but like something will just come in front of it and maybe a, a new job opportunity will come or a promotion or something like that which will go oh you know what i'm gonna drop my business yeah so moving with speed and taking action 
and balancing that with having patience to see things out and when you do hit resistance that you see it out and you get through it is imperative to your success. And then persisting with everything. It's like having the patience to go long-term, having the speed to take action and move through things quickly and move on things quickly and not using the I'm not ready excuse type thing and just taking action and learning learning it as you go forward and then persisting at those two things. That's what you need to get through all this. Yeah, so right now, if you are going through a patch of nothing seems to be working, just know that on the other side of this is actually a breakthrough. Now, how long it's going to take, I don't know. How long it's going to take is most likely when you realize the lesson that you're being handed. When you actually learn it, that's when the breakthrough is going to happen. And in order to learn it, you have to go inside and look at yourself. Go sit in front of your mirror and don't need to put, uh, don't need to do your hair or anything like that. No makeup, no hair. Sit, sit in front of the mirror and ask, what the hell is this lull that I'm going through? What is it here to teach me? What about myself is it here to teach me? What change do I need to make about myself? Yeah, start looking at external things. What change about myself do I need to make to get through this and break through to the next level that I'm wanting? See, our business is never going to outgrow us. So everything that you see in your business right now is just a reflection of yourself on the inside. And a lot of the time is that what we do is we look out to the external, we go, oh, that's not working over there or he's not doing the right thing by me there and oh, the, that's not working over there. But what we should be doing is actually looking at ourselves. What's not working on the inside? How are we showing up not the way that uh, say your clients are looking for? Yeah, how are we not showing up as the leader that our our audience needs us to be? So three things out of all this is that the awesome thing about what you're going through right now, the awesome thing is that you are on the verge of a breakthrough. That is the amazing thing with all this, yeah? So you're on the verge. You've just got to keep persisting with this. Have the awareness of what it's there to teach you. Have the patience to see it out. And then have the speed to keep taking action. Move into the areas of the unknown. Be okay with uncertainty. Be okay making mistakes. Getting things wrong. But once you do, just learn from it, yeah? And then repeat. Keep on taking more action. And when you do this and you persist at it, the breakthrough 100% 100% guaranteed. And you're going to feel amazing once you do. I mean, like the great thing about when, you know, through struggle, when you finally break through after struggle, the breakthrough feels 10 times more amazing. The great thing also about the struggle and the lull and the plateau is that it gives you a perspective that helps you coach your clients. This is the one, this is one of the greatest things about struggle is that it makes you a better coach. You know, I, I believe that, you know, you can't be a good coach if you've had no struggle in your life. And whether it's your your challenges to build your business, um, 
and the challenge of your clients may not be to build a business. Maybe it's something to do with their life or their relationships or their health, maybe their money, whatever it is, right? But they're also struggling with something. And the thing that you help them overcome, which is their problem, their struggle, and your programs help them overcome their problem, their struggle, they're most likely have been struggling with that problem for a long time. And they've been trying to get through it, but no matter what happens, no matter what they try, they just can't break through it. Now, the great thing about you going through the struggle and the plateau and the lull journey that you're going through in your business right now is that it gives you perception how to get through it, yeah? Because if you had no struggle, then you wouldn't be able to relate to them. So this is the amazing thing is that see what you're going through right now. See it as an absolute gift for what it is. Because when you break through this, you can then coach your clients knowing what it's like to be in this plateau, this lull, where no matter feels that no matter what you do, you can't get through it. But once you break through and get on the other side, you have learned what it's like and you can share that with your clients. You can coach them better and you can help them get past their struggles and get them towards what they want. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.